Jeremy, it is Tuesday. It is 10 a.m. That means it is time to track the tropics and uh, things are starting to get a little busier. We've got dust. We've got dawn. We've got models going crazy. What oh, what shall we do, my friend? Yeah, and we're still only about a month and a half into the Atlantic hurricane season, so we shouldn't be too busy this time of year, but we at least have something to track and then maybe a little bit later on down the road, models are, are hinting at a couple things, but uh, we'll try to sort through what's uh, maybe going to be a reality and what is just uh, a case of modelitis for some. Love that. I've never heard that term, modelitis. I like it. <laughs> so outside right now, just looking at the basin, there's a huge chunk of the orange coloring, which is that Saharan dust layer, that dust that makes for wonderful sunrises and sunsets but does not make for wonderful hurricanes. And we love dust. It squashes activity for the most part, and that's kind of what it's been doing. Yeah, and last week when we were talking, we said if anything was going to develop, it would probably be north or south of that area. And uh, outside of that tan area, which is the dusty dry air, suppressing tropical development, we do have a fairly weak tropical system. Yeah, there's Tropical Storm Dan. It's so weak, as a matter of fact, I had to put our sensitivity on the satellite, crank it up, just to be able to show some of those wispier clouds. But at least when you add those different layers, it gives you an idea um, of the circulation. One thing that's interesting, Jeremy, this was a subtropical storm, a subtropical depression, and now the Hurricane Center has called it a fully tropical cyclone. Yeah, and uh, we've mentioned this area, water temperatures running above average in the North Atlantic. It's not really... Uh, going to strengthen a whole lot, maybe winds another 5 or 10 miles per yeah. hour outside of uh, maybe some gale winds in a shipping channel. Uh, probably not looking at a whole lot from this. It at least gives us something to track uh, in this uh, kind of quieter part of the Atlantic hurricane season. And this yeah. will just uh, continue to meander out there. It's going to, uh, by the time it moves off to the northwest here, it'll do uh, a complete loop. Yeah, and, and it's kind of funny. When I was on the air Sunday, I was saying, you see where it is right now? Next Sunday, it's going to be in the exact same spot. It's just kind of wandering around. But one thing that's interesting that I noticed, it's beginning to do, even though that's deep water, it's beginning to churn the water up enough that it will co it's cooling down those ocean temperatures, upwelling things a bit. So eventually, ironically, dawn will be its own demise. Yeah, and it's just going to start moving to the north and uh, kind of stay away from the east coast of the U.S. altogether. Uh, but it does mean that's the fourth named storm of the season. Obviously, we had the one in January, so five storms total so far. And uh, you can kind of walk us through the numbers and the yeah. ace. Yeah, so five named storms total. The average through today's date is 2.2. Last year, through this point in time, we had had three named storms. So we're running... Ahead of average when it comes to named systems, when it comes to named storm days or the total days of a year that we have had a named system, we're at 13 and a half currently. 30-year average through today is 6.2. Last year was 3.72. So you get the idea. We're running well ahead of last year through today, and we're running about twice as active or so as normal. And then last but not least, the ACE, the accumulated cyclonic energy, the overall score. 
taking into account the length of time a storm exists, taking into account the intensity of a storm as it exists. Uh, our ACE score through this morning, 10.8. The 30-year average is 7.5. So we're running ahead kind of on all metrics. Um, and one thing that's interesting is just the sheer fact that we are still pretty much in the quieter stretch of hurricane season. We don't really band up that activity and really start to pile up the ACE numbers, the storm names, uh, until about August, September, and October, Jeremy. Yeah, and that's when things could probably start to level off if we don't see a lot of activity or if we just continue to see uh, maybe overall weaker systems yeah. during the uh, next uh, stretch of maybe three to five weeks or so. Right. Uh, definitely maybe a little bit of potential out there as we start to erode some of the dusty dry air across the main development region. But uh, hurricane season doesn't typically ramp up until we uh, especially get to mid-August and then uh, through that uh, sort of first maybe uh, a couple weeks of October. Yeah, yeah. And, and water temperatures being as warm as they are, one thing that'll be interesting is, you know, once that dust quiets down, how quickly does the atmosphere respond to that? And then do we end up in phase like with the Madden-Julian oscillation, that sort of thing? So there's, you know, there's so many elements to work into, right, when we're tracking these things. It's just an interesting scenario of how many of them come together at the same time for development. Yeah, and so far... They haven't really been uh, all the ingredients together. We've sort of been missing uh, a few things here or there. There's been a little more shear in place, some dry air in place, uh, storms forming maybe uh, in in northern parts of the Atlantic Basin. So not not a great potential to strengthen. But uh, I think moving in into August, it'll be interesting. I think we have a few more areas of low pressure we'll be able to monitor. And uh, we can uh, maybe start to talk about what's coming up down the road. Yeah, no doubt about it. So there is a decent, at least at the moment, there's a decent little wave rolling off the coast of Africa. Um, and, and at this point in time, it's not doing a ton. You can kind of see that moisture rolling out south, kind of southeast of the Cabo Verde Islands. But... Uh, there's still a lot of Saharan dust, a lot of dry air atmospherically. So this stuff should not end up really getting going too quickly, Jeremy. But interestingly enough, the models do want to, if it's not this wave, it's the next wave. But but the models as a consortium do want to try and do something there. Yeah, and I'm sure for the very loyal weather enthusiasts watching, they know which model probably ends up developing <laughs> it the most. Right. And that would be the GFS model. Other models not... Uh, all that excited, but it's definitely something worth monitoring, and I would say maybe we get a few more days down the road. We could see an area of interest somewhere there uh, off from the west coast of Africa. And remember the National Hurricane Center this year. It's not five days out, but instead uh, there are uh, tropical uh, kind of prediction for areas of interest right. where you see that percent symbol that now goes out seven days. Right. So it'll be interesting to see, of course, as we get closer and closer to um, where the models do think tropical development would be how quickly they start to circle polygons and that sort of thing but um should we should we look at the models and kind of see what they're doing jeremy what do you think yeah yeah we can uh, kind of spin this forward a little bit all right and uh, and it, uh, we can let people know the gfs has just been absolutely all over the place it's had yeah. like a hurricane in the gulf then nothing then something off the east coast of the right. u.s then right. down into the caribbean so it's uh it has not been consistent you have to understand you have to understand and and for those of you that have watched this a lot or listened to this a lot you'll know um my shtick is that computer models are guidance not gospel and when everybody writes in my phone weather app is wrong 
That's because your phone weather app probably is pulling in raw data from a model. That doesn't mean that it's been quality controlled by a meteorologist. So we're showing you one model and, and we'll go through different runs too, which is always fun, but let's just start. This is the GFS. This is, think of this as the one that gets a little feisty toward the end. Okay. So GFS 6Z run. All right. So this is the, this is the most recent run. And what you're looking at there is sea level pressure normalized anomaly. So remember Tropical systems, storm systems, they're areas of low pressure. So like, for example, that big blue, green, purple dot at the center of your screen, that's Dawn. Big area of low pressure. It's not very strong, but it's an area of low pressure. Whereas those warm orange shades on this, those are areas of higher pressure or more stable air. Makes sense, right, Jeremy? Yep. Okay. And uh, right sort of in the middle of the screen, you're like, well, what's that? Or what could that be? Well, that is Dawn. Yeah. Right, right. So follow through time. There's Don just kind of hanging out doing the loop-de-loop -loop thing. But toward the bottom of your screen, like bottom center of your screen, you see there's a little lighter area of orange. You've got like that deep red in the center and then just below it, kind of a lighter orange. That's the GFS. See that blue dot there in the bottom? That's the GFS saying something may want to try to develop heading into the Caribbean. So interesting. Let's come in a little closer. You can see a bottom right corner. All right, maybe a little depression, Tri tropical storm weakening, weakening, not doing much, moving through the Caribbean. Now, this is 6Z, so that's 2 a.m. on Sunday, July 30th, working into the Gulf of Mexico. That's July 31st at 2 p.m., and then kind of wanting to work maybe over to Texas or Mexico. That's at least the most recent run, but uh, Jeremy, you know, I want to make sure to show the same model, but like runs behind just to give perspective on how all over the place this model is, you know? Right. Yeah. And it's been taking it. I think some of those were towards Florida mm -hmm. into the Gulf. Uh, some were pretty strong. Yeah. I almost had a look of uh, a hurricane. And again, this is a long ways down the road and you go back uh, maybe probably at least four or five weeks. And we had the same discussion because mm -hmm. the GFS for probably a solid five days or more yeah. was continuing to run some sort of tropical system into the Gulf of Mexico. Well, what happened? It ended up being a very weak area of low pressure yep. uh, headed towards Central America. And then it actually uh, headed into the Eastern Pacific. So I wouldn't get too excited about this no. yet. If no. you're a really huge tropical enthusiast or uh, thinking, well, this could really kickstart an active period. Uh, I don't know about that. It's uh, something we'll monitor. Yeah. And maybe it's something like we've seen so far this season where you get uh, something low end, maybe a depression or a weaker tropical storm. Yeah, yeah. So there's there's the current path as the 6Z run takes it. Let's go back to the 0Z. There's a hurricane staying off the East Coast and recurving. Okay, that's one model run back. Two model runs back. A wave going into the Bahamas and then recurving. Three model runs back. This is my favorite. And I'm being sarcastic. That's like a major hurricane going right into Florida. And again, we're just showing you examples of how the model has changed. So if you just jumped on yeah. two seconds ago and you're like, oh my gosh, where, when is that happening? No. I need to cancel my vacation. No, you don't. No. As a matter of no. fact, I laughed at the 12Z because, uh, let's see. So that's that's Tuesday, August 1st. I'm supposed to be in the Bahamas right there. <laughs> So my wife was getting worried and I was like, listen, I would rather the GFS have a hurricane there 360 hours out because you know that's not where it's going to be 
when it actually plays out. So again, you know, if you just look at this is the same model just going through different runs, you could see it's doing different intensities, it's doing different positions, different paths. The bottom line is when it comes to computer models, consistency is your friend. You want the model to hone in on something. And not only do you want one model to hone in on it, but you want all the models to hone in on it. And as interesting as this GFS type scenario stuff is, Jeremy, it's even funnier when you look at the European because the European, at least the operational model, doesn't sniff this out at all. No, it has maybe some showers and thunderstorms, uh, a couple runs, we're trying to show a low. I'm, I'm looking at it over here on the side right now. Yeah. Uh, are you able to pull up the European there? Yeah, there's the European right there. Okay. That's that's uh, that's the European at 144 model uh, hours out. Uh, I'll go into the Caribbean and we can go further. It just really, the operational run is showing uh, almost Moist. nothing in the tropics. I mean, it, once you get more medium range, uh, five plus days out, it's yeah. just, it's very quiet. There may be some showers and thunderstorms that try to exit Africa and maybe get going, but they really struggle. We have that dry air in place that is still going to be there for a little while. Um, And then farther down the road, so what we've shown you is basically into the very start of August. We think, though, uh, and I don't want to speak for you, but we were talking a little bit earlier, maybe Mm -hmm. that second week of August we'll have to watch uh, somewhere Uh, potentially off the East Coast. I think that's maybe one of the next best chances of of something. And you can let people know sort of what that's tied to in our thought. Yeah. So, so, I mean, you know, when you look at the different lows and and this is, this is kind of where we, you know, this is kind of where we, we look back to, to our cycling weather pattern idea. Um, But, but there's, you know, there's all the different lows, uh, Jeremy. So, um, you know, when, when we look at the different ones, you know, there's, there's so many areas of low pressure that we've tracked in our long range cycling pattern that have stayed off the East coast or have worked over toward like, um, the, the Gulf of Mexico, like Mexico slash South Texas area, you know, so there's a lot of opportunity for, for things that don't impact us, but going into August, we would experience the recycle of what was that January, was it the 16th, 6th? Yeah, around there, it was like 14th, 15th, 16th, uh, that unnamed system. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of uh, what we're uh, going to be watching maybe uh, late, very late week one or into week two of August, somewhere off the East Coast or maybe uh, even the Northeast. Uh, That's something we'll be watching. Remember, that did not have any type of... um, really direct impact. I mean, obviously some bigger waves at the coast, maybe uh, increase in the uh, tide levels, right. but um, that was more of an off the coast system. Yeah. Yeah. And that's fine with me. That's totally fine with me. Um, right. Let's, let's look at, no, did you have something else? No, no, go ahead. I was going to say, let's look at the ensembles because what we did look at there a second ago was the operational model. But um, here's here's the this is the GFS ensemble and the GFS ensemble does have a few different members. Think of this as like 51 flavors of the GFS. So a couple of areas of low pressure around Florida. Again, this is around the 28th, 29th, 30th. Um, But there's a couple of other runs that a couple of other ensemble members that take it out toward like the Gulf of Mexico. Here's kind of a cleaner look at it. Um, So, you know, I think when it comes down to it. 
Um, we've got, there are grounds for watching. And if we look at the European ensembles, it's the same kind of idea um, where we've got some ensemble members that are, are wanting to try. Like there, there's the thing that's interesting to me though, is the fact that the European, while operationally, Jeremy, does not show anything, you kind of right. have this this kind of two cluster thing. The first cluster is more around Florida. You've got one going across the Yucatan into the into the Gulf, and then you've got this other secondary cluster on the right side that's kind of recurving early. So I think what's happening is the ensemble members are picking up on something. The question is what what direction do we do we go here? You know, right. I mean, that's showing a lot of activity. Remember, that's uh, a ton of different runs yeah. of, of one model. So, um, yeah, that, I mean, we think there could be uh, something once we get rid of this uh, dusty dry air across the main development region. Uh, but it appears it, it might be a little bit weaker. But it'll definitely be interesting once uh, we get into August, uh, maybe get an area of low pressure kind of uh, – test out what's going to happen once it's over these like very warm waters. Now I assume down uh, near South Florida in the Keys, not much has changed down there for no, water town. No, the water temperatures are still very much running in that 90 degree range here. Um, you know, with the actual buoys, it's loading. Give it a second. It's thinking. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Like water temperatures, 87, 88, 89, 90, 91. So, I mean, it's still very much in that range. So, um, we do get something down there eventually. It's going to be a problem. But I would say that, at least for now, you know, the ensembles are trying to sniff something out. So late July into early August, we'll have to watch. But again, the the overall patterns don't seem to be such that there's a big threat to Florida. There's a big threat to your area. And I think that those are important right. points to make. Yeah, I would say at least in the short term. I think the, the month that definitely maybe piques our interest the most uh, would be September. Yeah. Oh, 100%. It's, I mean, let's, let's think about this, right? Like it's, it's the peak of hurricane season. So that's theoretically when we should be at peak performance. That's number one. Number two, the cycling pattern that we, we track favors that activity in there. So you've kind of got these in the crosshairs at the same time, and that's not going to necessarily bode well. No, and if and if by chance we would get through, especially that first two to three weeks of September with a little to no activity, um, maybe we would see a pretty quick uh, sort of tailing off of the hurricane season this year, which definitely would be some good news. We're not going to write it off at all, but um, I think that'll be a good test, that sort of final very end of August through the first half of September. Yeah, yeah. So it, it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. Hopefully the end of the season gets quieter, and that would then lead us to perhaps have a bit of a quieter season next year as we fully yeah. ramp into um, El Nino. Speaking of El Nino, I uh, did an interesting little thing. Okay, so now I'm putting you on the spot here, Jeremy. But uh -oh. <laughs> but I, I'm not. I promise I won't make you look bad. I was wrong on something, and I feel like a lot of my colleagues are as well. I have gone around telling people that in talking about El Nino, um, remember everybody, Hurricane Andrew hit during El Nino, but that's not true. Did you know that? All right. I mean, this is going way back. So but that was 19, what, 1992. Okay. The, the, the winter was El Nino by the time we got into summer. And I just went and looked at that little website that you sent me like a year and a half, two years ago. 
But going into summer of 92, it was an Enzo neutral season. So I have this whole time thought Andrew was an El Nino storm. Turns out we were exiting El Nino and getting into more of a neutral transitioning to a La Nina pattern. Just uh, one of those random things. Yeah, and I still think with that storm, maybe one of the, the most, to me, fascinating things is it was the first named storm of yeah. that season. Right, right. Now, and that was what, in August, I believe? August. August 25th, 26th, something like that. Wow, that's pretty amazing to go that far into hurricane season. Now, satellite data is different than it is today, yada, yada, but still, but still, um, I mean, that is is just remarkable. So, um, okay, so there's that. Uh, I will open it up as well, friends, to to questions while we're just kind of entering it up here. Um, But, you know, I think think for now... um, Jeremy, we're we're starting to get into a, a certainly a more active stretch. We're not going to jump into it, right? But like we have a couple of opportunities here the next few weeks, and then come September, I think that's going to be when you and I are really going to be earning paychecks. <laughs> yeah, that's when uh, probably don't want to schedule a lot of vacation time. So hopefully you get your uh, your vacation here uh, complete, full, without uh, any. Uh, anything tropical uh, sort of threatening our area. Yeah. And uh, as you uh, look at that graphic there, was it September the 10th? That's the uh, pretty much absolute peak of the season. And just think, uh, back in 2017, that's right when Irma came. That's right. And we remember Irma. And then, of course, a good reminder, too, that storms can happen later and later and later, like... November we had uh, we had uh, Nicole strike Florida last year so um, yeah uh, Mickey's asking has the repeating patterns been showing up for the July calendar um, we've seen those systems but they've not been tropical right um, yeah and all we're looking for again is sort of a reflection a little area of low pressure and we did have one scoot uh, I was looking yesterday off from the southeast coast uh, just sort of uh, yeah. a little it did not develop. I definitely think we've had some issues with uh, the dusty dryer. I I wouldn't sort, say that's sort of, issues. Uh, sort of impacting things, and again, on top of it, uh, sort of that wild card that uh, you try to learn more and more about all the time. Uh, which I don't know. Sometimes it's tough to calculate what it would actually be, but uh, if we're starting to see uh, maybe El Nino kick in a little bit, but it's so early in the season that. Um, I know Eric and I are definitely not writing anything off. No, no. Well, and, and it's one of those things, You, I think you had mentioned it uh, perfectly. Like, we're just looking for little pieces of energy just to remind us that we're on where we should be. And and remember when we put those storm graphics together saying these are the focused areas and these are the timelines, these are potential repeat timelines. Like, there's going to be something there and we're going to be looking for it. And it could be a very small little feature and and each of them have played out non-tropical because of the dust and all of that. But I think, as Jeremy, you had mentioned, getting into September, the dust shouldn't be with us. There will be some wind shear. But, um, you know, to me, September is going to be the time frame. That late, late August into September time frame, those are going to be the, the, the weeks that I think are going to make us all sweat. And we're going to have more of these Tracking the Tropics broadcasts than we would probably right. like to, honestly. Yeah, so right now we're just doing it uh, basically uh, once a week. We've only had one special one so far, and I think that's when Arlene formed. Yep. Um, 
but overall, yeah, if it gets busy, uh, we'll be here. And I'm looking at the uh, the weather uh, prediction center, WPC site, yeah. uh, their surface maps, um, just to kind of yeah look ahead. And uh, I mean, it has a low kind of uh, heading off the uh, Carolinas coast coming up here. Um, let's see here around the 21st, 22nd, 23rd, 24th, somewhere in that time window. So there is a low out there, but again, it's uh, not showing any signs of uh, anything tropical. Totally fine. Listen, we're, we're seeing the little indicators that remind us where we are on, on the schedule, and that's fine. Right. <laughs> Nobody wants to deal with this garbage anyway, but we know that at some point this is all going to cycle up. So um, it's it's... It's just what it is, you know. Uh, Mickey's asking over on YouTube, how many hurricanes, major hurricanes, have happened in the month of July? Any notable storms that come to mind? Oh, you give you're gonna make me do some digging real quick. The month of yeah, July. I mean, it wasn't. Um, it may have briefly been a hurricane, not a major, but uh, you go back a couple of years ago, we had Elsa in yeah. uh, early July. I think that may have made landfall as a hurricane that weakened very quickly. Yeah, I was out on uh, medical leave because of my surgery. Um, that moved right over Southeast Georgia and the low country, which I cover. And the issue we had were, um, some quick hitting tornadoes. Yeah. I'm just climatology months. Let me hit July climatology for tropical systems is, is, is all right. So the month I'm just looking, uh, let me hit intensity. And then we know that only about 7% of all named storms form in July. I think it's like June is 5%, July is around 7% or so. So the numbers for this part of hurricane season are still very low the first two months. Uh, almost uh, the bulk of the activity comes up, uh, I think it's uh, close to like 70% or so is right. August, September, October. So I'm looking, and of course I don't have it like available quickly. Dennis in 2005 hit around um alabama and florida and that peaked out at, um as a, as a major hurricane emily in 2005 i'm just looking yeah bertha nothing that's going to like make your head spin although you know what i remember this one aaron in 1995 made landfall in um indian river county Right near uh, Orchid Island, Aaron in 1995. Yeah, that was a Category okay. 2 at max intensity. So nothing nothing like groundbreaking, but like Celia in 1970 made landfall in South Texas as a Category 4. So I have it up here, and again, this is just a very fast search, but yep. this is showing Emily in July of 2005 yep. near Jamaica. Yep. So that was the super busy season for Florida, correct? Yeah, 2004 and 2005, yeah. Okay. Yeah, so I, hopefully that doesn't happen. <laughs> but, no, I think it's I, I definitely think it's a good sign though that we're not seeing um a lot of these systems so far that have been named, they've agreed. been staying very weak and they're not they're not hurricanes. Agreed. Could, uh, definitely uh, lead us uh, down to a road we don't want maybe next cycle or or into September. So yeah. Uh, but last year, remember, we went all of August, no name storms, and then things got really busy. So yeah, we'll be watching it. 
It, you know, it comes down to it just there's there's not one factor atmospherically. You've got so many little pieces that have to play together to get developments of systems. And so, um, you know, you just kind of have to watch the tropics. We have ideas and patterns, but that's only the pattern. They, you know, you, you add hair and air, you add wind shear and water temperatures and all this. Uh, Tracy's asking, have there been back-to-back seasons with bigger hurricanes making landfall in Central Florida? Well, we know that happened. Francis, Charlie, Jean, we know that happened last year uh, with the two systems. So yeah, they're, they're Tracy there have been years that that do their thing um yeah well so you had irma in 2017 and then right. wasn't 2018 uh michael uh 28 and then but you had matthew was it the year before like the, you know what i mean right. and then dory in the year out it's you know it's like what's the definition does it go right through does it stay close but we have to watch it close you know it's it's right the yeah. bottom line you know the way i look at it is and this isn't necessarily Jeremy for you and your audience, but like Florida, we stick out like a sore thumb, you know. Right. <laughs> and the repeat cycle for tropical systems in Florida, in some cases, is get a hurricane direct landfall every like four or five years in 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 South Florida particularly. So those end up coming up to our direction oftentimes, and and you know it gives us plenty to track. Up by you, while you may not get a direct landfall in the coast of Georgia or South Carolina as often, you all the time are going to get these recurves coming from the Gulf Coast or the Florida Peninsula, and it may not give you hurricane conditions, but you'll get the flooding, you'll get the tornadoes, etc. Yeah, and it's really like kind of like Charleston and points north where um they climatologically seem like they get hit more as these storms kind of go up the coast and then they may not curve enough and then they start going into land but yes um savannah overall at least from direct hits from hurricanes we've been pretty lucky because there was a lot of damage here during matthew but that was offshore just a little bit maybe 20 30 miles uh 1979 hurricane david that did come kind of straight straight up our coastline that's that's the that's the storm a lot of people that have lived here a long time still talk about. Uh, it's kind of like David 1979 and then Matthew in 2016. Those are yeah. sort of the two that most people remember here. Well, and, and those are good reminders because I'm sure a lot of people that are new to that area or or that are younger don't necessarily, you know, they think of Matthew, but, but, oh, it's never happened before. And it's like, well, sure it has. It just was a few years ago. That's all, you know? Right. Yeah. So that's that. But yeah, we're going to be keeping an eye on things here moving forward and we'll try to give you a, a heads up. I know next week you're headed to something, but we'll definitely find a time to update everyone on Anthropics. Yeah, we'll figure it out. I'm, I'm going to be in Boston. Um, I'm flying up there tomorrow, as a matter of fact. But uh, so and I'm going to be there for like almost two weeks. It's crazy personal trip and then a work trip. So hopefully, though, this this trip will help you, Jeremy. My, you know, I'm going to our weather company uh, uh, vendors. So maybe I'll have some new stuff we could throw in both of our weather computers, you know? All right. That's, that's the goal. That sounds good to me. All right. Before we wrap things up, one more look at, uh, if you want to throw the track up for Don, just to, uh, anyone that uh, joined us late, there it is. Uh, it's just going to hang out in the North Atlantic. Uh, no threat to land. It's a tropical storm, fourth name storm of the season. And we also had that one in January. So we've had, uh, five storms officially in this, uh, hurricane season. Otherwise, the tropics relatively quiet for now. Models are wanting to do something sad, but uh, hey, we'll watch it. We'll keep you up to date. And uh, of course, if anything gets feisty, we'll do special editions of Tracking the Tropics. We have the button. We can press it any time to go live. <laughs> and we may do that. We, we very well 
probably will at some point. But for now, it is 1031 on a Tuesday, and uh, it's time for us to shut her down. Listen, from sunny, beautiful Central Florida, I'm WESH 2 meteorologist Eric Burris. And I'm from uh, Canadian smoke-covered southeast Georgia and the low country from WJCL 22 meteorologist Jeremy Nelson. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time. Yeah.